0: I love this scroll they call this um, this scroll is actually the Thanksgiving scroll and and you, you see the, the reference here is 1QHA and 1Q means the first cave at Quran and H means Hodayot or hymns or Psalms of Thanksgiving and A means more than one they found it uh, in cave one and this is one that's not that well preserved this is one of the scrolls they went back after the Bedouin had sold the original scrolls and said well maybe there's more in this cave and they did find more. Oh, wow. Um, and they weren't as well-preserved the other ones. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is you can't see anything. I mean, how could you possibly read that?
1: You maybe can, you can it, make out a
0: few So words. it looks
1: like a burnt-out uh, scrap, but you can see lines of writing. Yeah, but It's yeah. actually not burned. It's actually mold. And, oh, dear. Okay, we've got an incident here. What happened there?
0: I think someone fell, maybe.
1: Somebody tripped and fell. Okay, that's okay.
0: They've fallen from grace. <laughs> um,
1: anyway, so, so a lot of this is mold, and a lot of it
0: is... Um, is bat dung. There were bats oh, in this cave. Really? Yeah. This was the bat cave. This is the way controls. in the bat cave. So, how did they decipher this? And the answer is infrared photography. That's how they were able to read this. There's oh no really? way! And you know, a scholar can make out a few letters, but you can't really read it. So, there's only with infrared photography that they were able to read this. That's incredible. What's interesting is these are psalms and prayers that aren't from the Bible. These are things that were
1: composed by the people at Qumran. You know, it's interesting you say it, because I, like, I'm just reading, mm-hmm. uh, and this is a quote from Josephus, mm-hmm. before meat, the priest says grace, and right. you, you don't find that, but there is a, a, at least a Christian tradition that you would say uh, a prayer of thanks before you eat. Mm-hmm. And you even find, you know, you, you find um, prayers,
0: and it doesn't say in Hebrew grace, by the way. <laughs> um, so what does it say? No, it says, he, and the priest would pray before they ate, before they're eating. Um, uh, you know, and they're translating it for the Christians as grace. grace, but, but the idea of praying before eating, I mean, you see that, you know, Malkitzedek did that when he brought out the wine and, and the bread to, you know, to present to, um, to Abraham, he made a blessing, you know, that's, you know, the, the problem I have is with the, you know, this rabbinical practice. And I guess Christians do it too. Of, you know, before we do this each time, we have to do this exact thing, you know, this formula, you know, where is that, where's that in scripture? But anyway, they, you know, what's interesting is these are original prayers and blessings and, and things like that that were written in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. And, if, and it, you know, they could have written this in Aramaic or Greek, mm-hmm.
1: but that wasn't the, their mother tongue of these people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moving on. The Temple Scroll.
0: The Temple Scroll.
1: Much easier to read. And this is from the 11th cave at Qumran, and um, it basically describes a future temple. <laughs> kind of boring. Hang on, wait. It, it describes a future right. temple. And is part of, it
0: part of the idea is that these people at Qumran they rejected the temple in Jerusalem. They said the temple in Jerusalem has been taken over by priests. Who follow this, um, you know, this new moon agricultural calendar? We, you know, mm-hmm. and we've got the true solar calendar, which is off a day and a quarter every year. <laughs> They've got this true calendar and the and the teachings of this true priest, who they call the teacher of righteousness, and they had all their own kind of like secret doctrines. And these scenes were a really interesting group. You didn't just walk up and say, "Okay, I'm in a scene." You had to actually go through a three year process of mm-hmm. um, indoctrination and, you know, going up different levels each mm-hmm. year. And, um, and Josephus says that you know, he, he was a priest and he wasn't sure which group to follow, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Essenes, and so he mm-hmm. tried each of them. He claims that he actually studied under the Essenes for a period of time mm-hmm. and eventually decided to become a Pharisee. Um, some scholars have questioned you know, whether that's true. You know, he was writing for a Greek audience, and mm-hmm. it was common in the Greek world that if you, know, you would go study with the Stoics and the... Um, what are those people called? The... Uh, what it, not the not Gnostics, whatever they're called, the different Greek philosophies, mm. and so writing to a Greek audience, if he wanted to be taken seriously he had to at least claim that he had studied with these different groups. I don't know if it's true or not. Um, he definitely settled on becoming a Pharisee. He says that very clearly in his uh, autobiography, but what's interesting about this scroll is yeah, they're describing the future temple because the f- temple they've got is, so is the, useless to the, them.
1: The question that I have then is do they borrow from uh, the book of Ezekiel? You know, people have written all kinds of elaborate studies
0: on this, and <laughs> I find this stuff really boring. If you want to know the truth, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> it's like the, the the detailed, you know, architectural description of a future building. When it's built, it'll be built. I don't need to fuss about that. Sure. Okay. This is probably the most interesting <laughs> document to me, because this is what's called Sefer or the. Some people actually originally called it the Manual of Discipline. Um, but it's basically the laws of if you're going to be in a scene, this is what we expect you to do. And again, this is written in Hebrew, and uh, it describes in great detail every, you know, how they eat meals together and all kinds of different things. One of the interesting things is it says it's forbidden to speak the name of God. Truly. Yeah. And this is the first time we have any written document that talks about this prohibition. Really? And as far as we know, this was just some you know, uh, rule of this particular sect that they forbade the speaking of God's name. And one of the interesting things is in some of the scrolls, and for some reason they, they're not on display, they used to be on display, but in some of the scrolls you'll see it's in regular um, square, he, what's called the square Hebrew script, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you'll see a word that looks different, and that will be Paleo-Hebrew, and it will be yud Vavhe. vav In Paleo. In Paleo-Hebrew. And now was that because they they thought that name was you know so sacred? And, and maybe in some respect, but it also was because they didn't want actu- to accidentally pronounce it. Interesting. Because they believed it was forbidden to speak that name. Very interesting. Yeah. So this is also a very fascinating document. This is the um, this is Pesher Chabakuk, the commentary on Chabakuk, and this is considered by scholars to be the oldest Bible commentary in the world. Really. And and what they mean by Bible commentary is it quotes a verse, and it says its interpretation is such such. Another verse, its interpretation is such and such. And as I was explaining before, the types of interpretations that they offer are um, what some scholars call prognostic interpretations, meaning they take a verse that's talking about something in the life of Nebuchadnezzar, and they say, This refers to such and such in the life of the teacher of righteousness. Mm -hmm. And you read that verse, you're like, Really, it does? Like, how did you get that? And that's the whole point. To them, this was secret knowledge that was revealed to them. They would admit that there's no way we knew this just by reading the book, by reading Habakkuk, this was revealed to us through through Revelation. And one of the doctrines of the Essenes is that the, they accepted the 24 books of the Bible of the Jews, of all the Jews, but then they had 70 secret books. And, the, and only the initiated were allowed to read the secret books. Um, and it's very likely that, for example, Josephus, who had only been a first or second year initiate, never had the opportunity to read those secret books. We're kind of privileged today because we can come along and dig up the remains of... of Qumran and the Dead Sea Scrolls, and we can actually read those secret books. And some of them, one of the secret books is the Book of Jubilees, that book that has this you know calendar of 364 days, which doesn't really work because it's you know it's missing a day and a quarter and, and falls off every every year by a day and a quarter. Maybe it had leap weeks, maybe it didn't. That's not mentioned even in the secret books. And, and in any event. You, uh, you definitely had these. These many of the secret writings are discovered in the Dead Sea Scrolls. One of them is called the Book of Giants, and it has all kinds of interesting things in it. And many of these have only been really revealed in the last, I would say, twenty years, since the Dead Sea Scrolls started to be really published. Very few were published up until nineteen ninety-two. They were almost like the, there was this cartel of. Catholic scholars who um, who con- literally who controlled the scrolls, and they would leak out a, a fragment every year, another fragment next year, and uh, they, the, the bulk of the scrolls weren't known to generations of scholars until finally in 1992, the Israeli government stepped in and put a stop to this and they said, we're going to publish all the scrolls within 10 years, and that's actually the project that I was privileged to have been part of, publishing those scrolls, and, and we did, we published all the scrolls within 10 years. And now, you know, people talk about, oh, you know, there's this secret thing in the scroll and that secret thing in the scrolls. There's no more secrets. All the scrolls have been published. If any of them haven't been published, that's because scholars missed them. It's possible they missed them. There's tens of thousands of fragments. But all the known scrolls have been published. Apocrypha in the scrolls. Yeah. And what they're referring to here is, um, you know, you have this two bodies of books from Second Temple times. One's called the Apocrypha and the other's called the Pseudepigrapha and these are Jewish writings. Most of them are Jewish writings from Second Temple times. Some of them aren't Jewish writings. Like, for example, there's a book called The Lives of the Prophets, which has been proven definitively is actually from the Byzantine period, from like the fourth century AD or CE. Um, But then other books in the Pseudepigrapha, like the Book of Jubilees, um, part of the Book of Enoch, are clearly Jewish writings from Second Temple times. And what they're suggesting here is that now we can directly connect those to the to the Dead Sea Scrolls, so now we can we can prove definitively that they can be connected to the scrolls, um, the people who wrote the scrolls, because some fragments have been found in the Dead Sea Scrolls themselves, um, and these were some of those secret books, those 70 secret books that only the initiated were allowed to read.